But that didn't stop The New Yorker, a publication unrelated to the current magazine of that name, from suggesting, in August of 1841, that he'd had a hand in Mary's death. There is one point in Mr. Payne's testimony which is worthy of remark. It seems he had been searching for Miss Rogers, his betrothed, two or three days. Yet, when he was informed on Wednesday evening that her body had been found at Hoboken, he did not go to see it or inquire into the matter. In fact, it appears that he never went at all, though he had been there inquiring for her before. This is odd and should be explained. If Payne hadn't killed Mary, it was theorized, she'd been caught by a gang of criminals. This idea was given further credence later that August, when two Hoboken boys were out in the woods collecting sassafras for their mother, tavern owner Frederica Loss, happened upon several items of women's clothing. The Herald reported that the clothes had all evidently been there at least three or four weeks. They were all mildewed down hard. The grass had grown around and over some of them. The scarf and the petticoat were crumpled up as if in a struggle. The most suggestive item was a handkerchief embroidered with the initials M.R., The discovery of the clothes catapulted Loss into minor celebrity. She spoke with reporters at length about Mary, whom she claimed to have seen in the company of a tall, dark stranger on the evening of July 25th. The two had ordered lemonade and then taken their leave from Loss's tavern. Later that night, she said, she heard a scream coming from the woods. At the time, she'd thought it was one of her sons, but after going out to investigate and finding her boy safely inside, she'd decided it must have been an animal. In light of the clothing discovery so close to her tavern, though, she now felt certain it had come from Mary. The Herald and other papers took this as evidence that strangers had indeed absconded with Mary, but despite weeks of breathless speculation, no further clues were found and no suspects identified. The city moved on, and Mary's story became yesterday's news, only to return to the headlines. In October 1841, Daniel Payne went on a drinking binge that carried him to Hoboken. After spending October 7th going from tavern to tavern to tavern, he entered a pharmacy and bought a vial of laudanum. He stumbled down to where Mary's body had been brought to shore, collapsed onto a bench, and died, leaving behind a note. To the world, here I am on the very spot. May God forgive me for my misspent life." The consensus was that his heart had been broken. While the newspapers had their way with Mary's life and death, Edgar Allan Poe turned to fact-based fiction to make sense of the case. Working in the spring of 1842, Edgar Allan Poe transported Mary's tale to Paris and, in the mystery of Marie Roget, gave her a slightly more francophone name and a job in a perfume shop, but the details otherwise match exactly. The opening of Poe's story makes his intent clear. The extraordinary details which I am now called upon to make public will be found to form, as regards sequence of time, the primary branch of a series of scarcely intelligible coincidences, whose secondary or concluding branch will be recognized by all readers in the late murder of Mary Cecilia Rogers at New York. A sequel to The Murders in the Room Morgue Widely considered the first detective story ever set to print, the mystery of Marie Roget would see the detective Dupin solve the young woman's murder. In shopping the story to editors, Poe suggested he'd gone beyond mere storytelling. Under the pretense of showing how Dupin unraveled the mystery of Marie's assassination, I, in fact, enter into a very rigorous analysis of the real tragedy in New York. Though he appropriated the details of Mary's story, 
Poe still faced the very real challenge of actually solving the murder when the police were no closer than they'd been in July 1841. Like many other stories of the mid-19th century, the mystery of Marie Roget was serialized, appearing in November issues of Snowden's Ladies' Companion, the third part, in which Dupin put together the details of the crime but left the identity of the criminal up in the air, was to appear at the end of the month, but a shocking piece of news delayed the final installment. In October 1842, Frederica Loss was accidentally shot by one of her sons and made a deathbed confession regarding Mary Rogers. The tall, dark man she'd seen the girl with in July 1841 had not been a stranger. She knew him. The Tribune reported, on the Sunday of Miss Rogers' disappearance, she came to her house from this city in company with a young physician, who undertook to produce for her a premature delivery, premature delivery being a euphemism for abortion. The procedure had gone wrong, Loss said.